Welcome to Live From Lockdown. You got Zach and Dom in our respective homes, keeping you company through this year that is 2020. To give you a bit of a background of our broadcasting situation today, Queensland has gone from its very brief winter straight into its very brief, <laughs> oh, sorry, very long and in, uh, debilitating summer straight yeah, away. It's stinking it, hot today. We're dripping with sweat, but we're nuts. pushing forward. I mean, what is it? Is uh, I think on my card thermometer was reading 30 degrees briefly a moment ago. So that's 30 now, degrees Celsius in, in mid, it's not even late September, really, mid-September. We're like a few weeks climate, into spring. Could the climate crisis just like chill out for a second, please? Yeah, Have you heard what we're dealing with in 2020? Mm. We're here trying to deal with a pandemic and then whoom. Straight in our face. One problem at a time, please. Yeah, it's a bit nuts. I think it's meant to get cold again, but this is a proper this is a proper um, dose of summer at the moment we're getting. What's the ROM saying? The uh, Richard well. of meteor- <laughs> Meteorology. Dom's dad fancies himself a bit of a uh, weather person. I did just say it's meant to get cold again. That came direct from the ROM five minutes ago uh, when I was just downstairs getting a, a drink. Dad said, uh, Dad said, we'll only need the air con uh, on in the place probably for the next couple of days. Then we'll have another week or two of cooler weather and then it should slowly warm up again. This is, uh, this is not the normal. This is just a brief introduction to summer. Brief glimpse. I can only deal with one crisis at a time. Yeah. So just take a step back. Yeah. Climate crisis. Fair chill point. out. On the show today, Dom, I have a development about the Mulberry saga going on in my street it's uh, escalated over the weekend unfortunately yeah. uh, tensions between neighbors are rising yep uh, we'll get to that a little later on also a few messages coming in one mm. in particular from the listener who could be framing us for murder <laughs> or at least attempting to frame us we'll have the next chapter in a murder of doms great first up though mm. you had a karen moment I did not have a Karen moment. I, I really well, you don't. You said before we hit record, yes. you had a story about how you returned a bad coffee no, and you want to talk no, about it. Not returned a bad coffee, how I reacted to it. Okay, here's what happened, and you can determine where it sits on a Karen meter. If it's a full blown 10 out of 10 Karen, or if this is more like a, I don't know. Well, I don't even know what the, the anti Karen name is, but what if it's more that end? I got a coffee, room, uh, a coffee shop that I hadn't been to before, kind of on a strip mall sort of situation. This so is, it's a chain. Uh, no, no, it's actually, it's a bit of an unusual strip mall, this place. It's, um, this one was kind of, uh, independent coffee shop, but you know, the independent coffee shops you sometimes find in shopping centers, they're hardly the, the upper echelon of cool indie coffee shops. They're, they're sometimes it's, as generic would you say it's as you more of get. a cafe than a coffee shop. Yeah, I would. That's, that's you know, fair. You, you're getting a toasty and, um, a big yep. breakfast. Yeah. That sort of a thing, basically, um, for a price that really doesn't cover the ingredients. Uh, if we're honest. So that gives you a hint on the quality. Anyway, I got a coffee from there because someone told me, I heard from someone who said, actually, you'd be surprised. The coffee's pretty good. And I backed that person in, got a coffee from there, Zach. And this is yesterday. And it was one of the worst coffees I've had. It just tasted like bitter water, really. There was no, I mean... I well, that's actually not a bad description of coffee, though. <laughs> well, no. If I mean, you were explaining coffee to an alien, you'd say <laughs> it's kind of bitter water. Well, no, for you, you have yours as a long black. As someone who has a latte with one sugar, bitter water is not what I'm going for. I want velvety, creamy. <laughs> no. A bit sweet, a bit bitter. But, you know, there's a whole bunch of flavor combinations in there. It should, it should be velvety smooth going down the throat. Do you, I got, I was looking at my coffee, um, uh, my coffee that I bought the other day, you know, and it's like zip seal bag. Yeah. 
And I was looking at the descriptions and it's like a hint of mandarin, a ripe melon, yep. a fruity and a bit of uh, caramel as well. I'm like, nah, <laughs> all the same to me. Yeah. I can't, a, a hint of mandarin, really? Mm. Who is getting that? Well, it's like wine tasting, isn't it? I mean, I have had... Completely I, made up, is that what you mean? Yeah, like genuinely having been... I remember I was like young, uh, maybe like... Oh, 13, 14 years old, with my auntie and some cousins on a holiday and we went to the Yarra Valley winery region in Victoria and they were doing wine tasting all day. Really dull thing to do when you're 13 and can't have any wine. I just sort of played my Game Boy all day to memory. But I remember they kept, they kept going on about, oh, are you getting this, this slight touch of raspberry? And, and I thought, geez, wine sounds amazing. As a kid, I thought wine sounds like a, a flavor land, you know, it's like, it's, it's almost like the pick and mix. You're going to get mm. so many fun flavors in a glass of wine. As someone who's now grown up to have red wine, generally there is good red wine and bad red wine. That's the only differentiation I can make. To be fair, I can kind of relate because that is how I consume ghost drops. <laughs> you know, when I have one of the black ones, I'm like, are you getting a little bit of blackberry there? Well, that's true. Is that a bit of grape coming through? <laughs> Yeah, well, I, but but I mean that's a high art, that's a high culture. The ghost drops. Of course, yeah. of course, and I mean wine <laughs> for the plebs. <laughs> yep. Come back when you reach ghost drop level. H- how long do you age your ghost drops for generally? Well, I have them in the cellar for about nine months. Yeah, I find that anything longer than that, they sour and become yeah. warheads. Yeah, sure, sure. I like the bit. My preferred ghost drop uh, ghost drop consumption is leaving it in the car on a hot day. And coming back and it's kind of stuck to the packet a little bit. And it just releases the flavours in a new way, I find. It does. It really opens it up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have to let it rest, don't you? Yeah. Release the talons. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, oh, sorry, we're probably boring people now with our high Sorry, guys. Here. Sorry. We're getting a bit hooty tooty yeah. here. <laughs> we are a bit. Which is actually a flavour <laughs> of Ghost Drop, I think. Yeah, no. Look, I I don't want to. I don't want this podcast to start to sound a bit elite, Zach. I don't want to no. suggest that we're this upper class. We're of the people. We are. We just enjoy a good vintage gross drop. And mm. you know, if that's a crime, and and we deserve it, guys. Yeah. We've worked hard <laughs> for our ghost drops. <laughs> I really have. That twenty five cents goes a long way. Um. So this coffee was was really bad, and I think generally everybody could could bring to mind, any coffee drinker could bring to mind like a handful of the worst coffees. I, I could probably not tell you the best coffees I've had in my life, but there are like two or three that stand out as the absolute worst. And this was My one. worst was Wild Bean Cafe, and I don't want to throw them under the bus. <laughs> they might have improved. This was probably 10 years ago. Yeah. Is this the I survey drink one? It. Yeah. It, well, it's at BP's. Yeah. It's the cafe at BP's. Sure. And I had, like, I took one sip, spat it out. Yeah. And poured the whole thing out. And, but especially back then, I was not picky. So, mm. they, it must have been, like, someone must have stuffed something up pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. And that was worse than a time that I witnessed them pouring an old coffee into my cup that they had obviously prepared earlier. <laughs> that coffee was better wow. than the one at Wild Bean. Yeah, sometimes I wonder how... Because, like, I don't know how to make coffee. The old radio station did have a coffee machine that I kind of did a couple of things with to make my creamy latte every night. But generally, I would sometimes will taste a coffee and think, what happened? What happened in the minute or two when you were making this for it to taste like that? And this was... Well, the- there's so much you can stuff up with milk. That I, so that's yeah, how it really true. complicates it. Mm. See, it's... it's it, I don't know exactly because I haven't talked to a barista, but I feel like it removes half the risk factors if you just have no milk. You're probably right. 
You're probably right. Um, so look, this coffee was so bad, and I I took a sip of it, and I knew instantly I don't want to finish this. You know, sometimes you can feel a sense of pride, a sense of well, I've paid my whatever it was four dollars fifty for a medium coffee. I've paid my four dollars fifty. Um, we're in a financial crisis. Drink your coffee and be done with it. You know, this will some kids in the world don't even have coffee. Well, exactly. I mean, this will do, this will do the utilitarian job of giving me the caffeine boost. You mightn't enjoy it, but just have your coffee mm. and move on. But it was pretty clear by the second and third sips that wasn't happening. I was bidding this coffee. Um, and I've only ever been to coffee once before, which was at the all-night shop. I went to the, at the Christmas uh, Westfield last year for the Christmas all-night shop a few days before Christmas, which is a bit of a tradition in Brisbane. Got a coffee, which similarly was un- undrinkable, and I binned it down the walk a little bit later on. But this one was so bad, Zach, that I thought, look, I'm not letting this ruin my day. I'm not going to let this ruin my coffee day. I am going to go and get a coffee from this other place nearby that I know does coffee, like just across the strip mall. Anyway, so I walked over there, ordered a coffee there, and turned around and binned that coffee to pick the one up from this new place. And as I turned around with my new coffee, binning the other one, I noticed that the people from the place I'd just been were staring straight at me. So, I yeah, so they, they, I mean, that really, we talk about uh, being in a culture of Google reviews. If people don't like your service, you read about it later online, potentially. That's instant feedback, what they saw today. Well, it's not a Karen moment. That's our first point because you mm. you didn't you tried to avoid, you know, yeah. you didn't ask to speak to the manager first and foremost. Sure, and that's sure. The, you know, that's the defining point of a mm. Karen moment. I tried it? to be subtle. I did try to be subtle. Um, I guess you could have waited till you were out of their eyesight. You could have been more aware of that. Yeah. But it is a pretty bad review. I can imagine <laughs> if I made a coffee and I witnessed someone throwing it in the bin. <laughs> It yeah. would, it would, it would offend me. Quite frankly, when mm. I used to work in um, as a physical receptionist, yeah. when I was eighteen, you, when you say physical for, receptionist, it's it is not a job title. I think many people know. Well, it was junior office administrator officially, <laughs> right. but really my job was to let people in the front door. There was another receptionist who did all the phone work, which was really the majority of the job. Yeah, I didn't sure. have to answer phones. Right. I just let the two people a day who came to the building in or out. Yep. One of my jobs was making coffees for the clients. They had a big machine. Mm. A number of times, the coffee was untouched. Or no, <laughs> actually worse than untouched. Yep. The foam had been cracked, indicating that they had yeah, taken a sip. Yeah. Thinking back on it now, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> it would have been atrocious coffee. It would have been burnt, both the beans and the milk. Yeah. So I can understand, but I... I can't help but think that I, you know, I was offended at the time mm-hmm. and that wasn't even a part of my job. I was untrained. So I imagine if making coffee is a big part of your job, witnessing someone throw it in the bin yeah, is pretty heartbreaking. I mean, because a lot of people consider that their art form dumb. So really what you're doing is like you're, you're burning their painting. Well, I also felt guilty, I think, because the barista who made my coffee was also called Dom. And so when he asked mm. for my name and I said Dom, he said, I'm called Dom too. And we had a bit of banter. We shared a bit of banter mm. about being a Dom. And so to have shared banter with him just a minute before and then for him to see me throwing that coffee in the bin and not just throwing it in the bin because he could have thought, oh, he clearly maybe he downed that coffee quickly. He's throwing the cup. But to see me throw it in the bin and then take another coffee from their competitor... It's pretty, now, it's, it's shattering. You mentioned a few minutes ago that at the radio station, you were unable to make your own coffee. Now that's one Dom who can't make coffee. We've heard about this instance <laughs> yeah. where you threw out a coffee made by another Dom. Mm. 
What do you think of the idea that maybe Doms are incapable of making <laughs> coffee? Uh, it's possible. I, I have never had a great coffee made by a Dom. And I know that we live in an age where anecdotal experience trumps empirical data. That's really what we're seeing with the conspiracy theorists. Well, we isn't do it? have empirical data here. We have a sample well, that's size of two. <laughs> that's true. And I think yeah. we might, in the future, mm. start to see job ads yeah. for baristas that say DOMs need not apply. <laughs> and then it's yeah. going to be a big thing. It's going to be a big deal. Where it's going to be an equal, you know, uh, employment opportunity uprising, and there'll be people like yourself taking to the streets with placards. Yeah. Doms can make just as good coffees as everyone else. Won't someone think of the dom? Well, it's, yeah, I, I think it's... Free dash dom. <laughs> we have received a few of those images, by the way. I just want to acknowledge those things that have come through from the various anti-lockdown protests with people going through the streets with big freedom signs. Have you seen these are coming saying, through? No, no. Are they saying because it says dom in freedom? Well, people are saying it's good to see people in Melbourne protesting for the return of the radio segment where you would pitch an idea attack. Oh, right. We had a radio segment called Freedom. Yeah. These people are humorously yes. saying that this is what these people are protesting over. It was such a loved segment that people have taken to the streets. Oddly, nine months on, they didn't do it straight after the show got Well, got I feel like that up, protest would be pretty much as valid as the real reason they're <laughs> well, that's protesting. True. That's very true. I don't, and, and I want to distance myself and anything I've ever come up with from the protests, just to, to be clear. Although I do enjoy singing John Farnham's You're the Voice. And I did, I did see, see that clip this morning. <laughs> the people in Melbourne singing I'm against that. the lockdown mm. protests. I think they're silly. Yeah. W- wasn't a bad rendition. No, <laughs> no, no. And the guy who was leading it has a pretty good voice. And yeah. I think, well, why don't you put it towards something else? Yeah. Use your powers for something bigger. I oh, see. It's a real moral dilemma for me because I agree with you. I am against the lockdown protests. I think the governments of the world on the whole, and particularly in this country, uh, well, maybe not the world, but in this country, the governments are doing an okay <laughs> job. I won't say that for some others, but I, I'm against that, but I'm strongly in favour of public spontaneous singing. Group and singing. so you're torn. I'm really torn here. <laughs> what, to me, what, what, what am I meant to feel? This, seeing people in a shopping centre blasting out "You're the Voice." These are the sort of scenes I've dreamed of for years. And now, if it was a context. Christmas Carol, oh. you would be really. It'd be like, okay, well, yeah. Moral dilemma here. Well, I'd what probably do I do? I'd join them. I, I I wouldn't believe in the cause. You'd have to. I would say passionately disagree with the cause, but my passionate agreement with the way they're expressing themselves would outweigh that. I'd have to join in. There is an interesting crossover between everyone wearing masks in these videos mm. and the fact that I imagine the message is that the virus isn't as bad as what everyone says. Is that the messaging or are they saying we understand the virus is bad, but we don't want to be locked in our house? I think honestly, you know, and if people hold the perspective of the anti-lockdown, I don't mean to offend you. This is just my read on it. And I understand from a place in Queensland where things aren't so bad, but it does seem a lot like a bit of a... Like, if you've watched a toddler have a tantrum when they can't have the thing they want to have, it does feel like it's the same emotional energy. I'm not saying people are being toddlers necessarily, but that emotional energy of, this isn't fair, I don't get to do the thing I want to do, and instead of wrestling with that and realising why it might be actually wise for that to be the case, people are just saying, I want to make a noise. Well, it's certainly a very real and legitimate concern if you are struggling through the lockdown. Um, however, mm. I'm, I'm not sure if the protests are the best way to no, I agree. I combat agree. that. Well, yes. And I guess I, on the You're the Voice sing-along, 
I'm really glad I don't live in Melbourne for this reason. Because if I'd been at the shops that day, it's entirely possible I would have missed the signs and just heard a John Farnham oh, sing along. Flash mob. <laughs> yeah. And thought, well, oh, this sounds like fun. Can I join in? Only to that see myself be, on the news. Imagine if we're watching the news. <laughs> you're getting detained. I was just trying to get a coffee. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, but look, honestly, you're the voice probably would attempt me there if they were singing Mama Cass's Make Your Own Kind of Music. I mean, I couldn't have stopped. I couldn't have held back. Uh, Dom, over the weekend, I wake up to a text Saturday morning. Mm. Bling. It's uh, my sister-in-law yep. sending a message to my wife and I. Um, they live in a neighbouring suburb and yep. they're in a Facebook community group that we're not in. Sure. Just one with a couple of suburbs in the area. Yeah. The message was, is this you? Oh, no. Now, I have... We have spoken recently about spam messages <laughs> yeah. with, is this you with a link to it? Yeah. So, at first I was suspicious, yeah. but then I had a look at this screenshot. Mm. It was someone I recognize, a name I recognize, who lives in my street. Yep. A person who lives a few doors up that I have met once mm. in the three years that I've lived here. They were sharing a message in a community group saying, guys... There's a mulberry tree a few houses oh, up no. from me. Oh, no. <laughs> Everyone should feel free, basically, to come and help themselves. Oh, no. And I thought, what? <laughs> what is going on? You cannot no. volunteer a tree that is not outside your house. You're inviting strangers to come to my house yeah. to pick mulberries. And what, what, what? What's the, what was the response like? Because those community groups are big. Did you see an influx of new new people dropping by? Well, it's hard to know because I don't have, you know, it was the first day of school holidays. Mm. So I don't have, you know, so it might have been an increase anyway, but there certainly was an increase yeah. uh, that afternoon. There was a mix of people. Mm. Uh, some people I appreciate. Remember, I, I'm okay if you ask. Mm. Uh, one carload of people. Yes, carload. People are making special trips. One carload of people stopped while I was on the uh, driveway and they wound down the window and they said, do you mind if I take someone? I said, go crazy. Yeah, that's Go crazy. That's take as many as you want. That's kind. Now, when we did uh, go for a walk with our dogs in the afternoon, so we were away from the house and I turned around and looked back and I did see the person who posted the message mm. scuttling along past <laughs> up the footpath, past <laughs> a couple of houses yep. and over to the mulberry tree and interacted with the people picking. I imagine either yeah, yeah. A, claiming it, as theirs, yeah. or two, leading some type of tour. They feel like that they're a Willy Wonka and they're leading a, a, a factory tour of the mulberry tree. Oh, boy. Has, is the tree now picked bare? Has all of this... No, well, this is the thing. I, I then added... I, I've sought out this group and added and mm. added myself to it. And I've just... I haven't posted anything, but I've just been watching. I went through the interactions. This person from a few houses down... Uh, went back to say, uh, ladies, there was a very rude stranger there this afternoon taking all our berries. Very rude she was. I couldn't really understand the tone, you know, in text. I'm like, was that, is, that a, is that a joke? Or was there seriously a turf war going on over what? mulberries that neither of you have a claim to? Yeah. I, I think there's only one real response you can do here, and it's a sign of the society we live in. But you've got to monetize this. I mean, it's right. technically at the front of your house. Gold mm. coin donation or, you know, something along those lines. Or maybe, maybe not monetize it. Maybe say you can have mulberries if you subscribe to the Collector Now podcast. Just well, get their what, phones out and press subscribe. What I would do um, 
or what capitalism would teach mm. me to do is I should set up a bag store, a container store. Containers, 30 cents. Genius. Out the front. That's smart. That is I've that's got an great. untapped resource here that yeah. I can capitalize on. Well, I'm, uh, 30 cents is a ridiculously low price, though, because there's no one else in the in your street selling containers. Mm. And I would on it. go get some cheap, nice-looking, like, fruit baskets from, like, one of the cheap shops. 10 bucks. Mm. 10 bucks. Yep. You'll get them for two or three, I reckon. 10 bucks, get a fruit basket, pick some mulberries. And then you can also have, I'll be there, right? We'll get me there, and I'll take photos. Get your photo mm. taken with the mulberry tree. Right, as a bit of, like, an Instagram thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll frame it up. And only that's the only photos you do in there. Let's turn this into a tourist attraction. This person then went on in their thread to encourage to say there's plenty of green ones still there. Well worth a look over the coming days. And I just thought, what? I don't understand <laughs> this sense of ownership mm. or that you feel over something that isn't yours. Is it because it's in your street yeah. that you feel like that you should point it out, that you feel like that you should run tours? I'm like, can you not, please? Can like, I suggest? I don't mind people coming by. I don't want special car trips. No. I don't want to have to hire someone from the council mm. in a high-vis vest to have to direct traffic where to park. Yeah. Can, well, can I suggest something to you? This is a nuclear option, and this would be seen as an act of war, but have you considered cutting down the tree? I can't. I'm not allowed to. It's my responsibility. I've looked up on the council website. Yeah. I have to look after the tree, and I don't even know what that means because I'm not allowed to cut it down. I'm not oh. allowed to do anything. And so, like, it's it's actually becoming a hazard now. It's definitely a hazard to the footpath. What about it's this? it's so dense. How about it's this? It's so dense with branches. But I, I looked it up, and it's like you have to ask. You have to submit, like, an application mm. to trim trees on the verge. Oh, and well, you like, can't even trim it. No, you can't trim it. This is what I mean. I'm not talking about cutting it to the ground because it's going to have to be trimmed anyway after the fruiting season's over. And I'm like, well, are you guys going to do that? Maybe I should ask the lady a few doors down who's putting it up. (laughs) I'm going, okay, well, if you feel like you own it, can you look after it? Wow. So, look, do you think you're near the end of this, though? Do you think the mulberries are mostly gone? How long does it season for? It's covered in mulberries. It's absolutely covered every day. I've personally taken kilos. I've seen other people fill very large buckets. Are you a bit sick Um, of mulberries now? Oh, yeah. I've made uh, mulberry jam, which we can't get through. I've, I've made so much mulberry jam. I made a mulberry pie that we couldn't finish. And then over the weekend, I made a mulberry cheesecake. Right. How was that? And, well, Sarah said it was really good. Personally, I didn't really like it. Um, it sure. was way too sweet. And also, the recipe I read said that you should be careful about over-combining all the ingredients. Mm. And so, like, they're like, oh, just like a rustic thing is great. But it, that was gross for me because it had like chunks of cream cheese in it. Oh. I'm like, mm, not for me. No, um, no. Sarah said you had to let it set in the fridge for a while longer because I had it the next morning, you know, sure. morning tea. And she said she left it for another six hours and she said it was way better. Side note on cheesecakes, I realized I have a new appreciation for anyone who's ever made me a cake or a cheesecake because mm. those are freaking expensive. It cost me like $20 in ingredients to make this cheesecake. And I had one slice and I'm like, no, not for me. Don't want this. And I'm like, (laughs) now I've got this freaking huge cheesecake. Yeah. Well, this is the thing about cakes, isn't it? Generally, it's economically wiser to buy a whole cake from a specialist cake place than make your own. Unless you're making a bulk amount of cakes. We had, um, it's, it's a new thing I've, I've realized as I've grown up. Mm. Obviously, I realized that food costs money when I was younger. Yeah. 
But I don't think I really, you know, when someone said they were bringing a cake, I'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. Mm. I didn't really appreciate how much, well, effort one thing, but B, how much ingredients cost. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, as I said, my cheesecake would have been, and I'm getting the mulberries for free. It would have been at least $15, at least. Mm. So this, um, hang on. So what you're saying is this mulberry tree is costing you money. Yeah, it has cost me a lot of money. The cheesecake's yeah. still in the fridge. It's only <laughs> half eaten. Uh, I had people okay. over recently. I had my family over for, or half my family over for Father's Day. Mm. And I'm like, the food I put on, I was like, Dad, that's your gift. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to do this and give you a gift. Do you yeah, know how much yeah. money I've spent on all this food? Yeah, it's a good point. And you think about Christmas lunches and things like that when people come together. Like, if someone's cooked a turkey, that's probably 40 bucks. You know, mm. that's not cheap. Also, I've just had an idea. Set up a trestle table next to the mulberry tree. Sell the mulberry cheesecake. Five bucks this a slice. That's a good idea. Five bucks what a I slice. What I should do, or how about um, pie crust that you can put mulberries into? Well, but I'm just saying... Because what, that's that what everyone... I'm too. overhearing everyone. That's what everyone's saying they're doing. They're all yeah. saying they're making mulberry pie. And so, like, uh, I'd be, like, ready to bake. Just put the mulberries in. Mm. Stick it in the oven. See, that works too, but I'm honestly saying if you don't know how to get rid of this cheesecake, you could honestly sell $5 a slice. People will be there thinking, you know, um, mulberries, so I'd like to try mulberry cheesecake. That sounds nice. You could also do what a friend of mine did in high school when they were running a a stall like over the summer. I don't even remember what the full details were, but they said, they put on the big poster, your money goes to a good cause. It was just going to them. There was no charity involved. But I they guess said, it depends from whose perspective, isn't it? <laughs> That's it. They said this. I mean, it's a good cause. You know, my lunch fund is a good cause <laughs> to me. This is what I mean. You could put a big poster up saying mulberry cheesecake, $5 a slice, money goes to a good cause. You could make all your money back from the ingredients for this mulberry cheesecake and then some. And you just That's need like to be able to hours. when I see things uh, when they say a portion of proceeds go to a charity. If they're not specific about yeah. how much... It's barely anything because <laughs> yeah. if it was a lot, yes. you'd be proud of it and you'd yeah. say that. And so when they say a portion, I'm like, yeah, but what's a portion? Yeah, it's not I mean, much. 1% is a portion. Yeah. Half a percent is a portion. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, another thing I want to bring up with you, Zach, is that this is actually the same shopping trip when I had the bad coffee, the coffee incident. I had a bizarre experience. I know I just wonder, you know, how because everyone around the planet has experienced the pandemic this year. It's impacted everyone's life you know, in different ways, but then some similar ways as well. But I realized the other day that there must be some people out there who maybe don't leave a very, maybe they're not on social media. They don't engage with a lot of news. They kind of live in their own bubble and they've maybe missed a lot of what's been going on because I walked past a flight center, um, uh, which is a travel agent in our part of the world, walked past a flight center and I could just overhear the conversation. Now, if you've walked past a travel agent at the moment in Australia, at least, they're kind of sad places to be because there's not really many places you can go. And so you just see people sitting in there and no one in there with them. But I walked past and there's this middle-aged couple standing there talking to, to this guy at the front. And I hear the, the guy say, oh, no, no, you're not allowed to travel overseas at the moment. And then I hear the husband of this couple go, when did that start? <laughs> That's all I heard as I walked past. Wow. But, but I just thought the idea of people in mid-September 2020 walking into a travel agent and only just becoming aware of what's been Corona going on. What? <laughs> it's a bit like they've time-travelled or maybe just awoken from a coma or maybe they just live in such a bubble. They because make- I'm thinking, 
even if so mm. you're off social media that's believable mm. especially if you're a bit older yep um you don't read newspapers again yep. believable not um you don't watch the news yeah again i, I it's getting harder and harder to believe but <laughs> yes. i guess if you're not if you don't engage with the news and you've made a decision not to engage in the news mm. then all news is out so why would you do any of those things those are all active participation yes. so you yes. have to choose to seek those out mm. so i could imagine you're not doing that but weren't you interested why there was no toilet paper in March? Did you not notice that when you were walking through the shops? Have you noticed everyone wearing masks? Have you noticed that there's barely anyone at the shops? Have you noticed somehow Mm. every single shop now has signage and special stickers, you know, indicating where you're meant to stand, washing your hands? Did you think all of a sudden people just got really interested in hand washing? That's a great question. I've been thinking about this since it happened and trying to figure it out. I guess it's possible that they've known about the pandemic, but didn't know that it was stopping you traveling overseas. Maybe they just if went away with that. If you were a farmer, mm. right, and you are really only concerned with your farm, yeah, and so you didn't interact that much with the people around you, yep, and you didn't interact with the news, you're too busy farming. <laughs> I could imagine you take a trip into town one day, yeah, you know, you only do it every few months. And you're like, what the hell is going on? I th- that- Maybe that's what they've been planning. Maybe they've been working so hard saving up for an overseas trip. Yeah. That they were just unaware. Well, that they- but even then, see, that's the other thing. Wouldn't your, like most people's employment has been impacted. Well, this is the thing. I, I honestly don't know. Like they did give off a bit of a farmer vibe. I reckon the way there was like a, there was a farmer looking hat that he was wearing and both wearing like flannel shirts. And I mean, it could just be a farmer aesthetic, but there was a bit of a farmer vibe coming off there. And I did wonder if maybe, I guess it's entirely possible that maybe they thought, Oh, I thought those travel restrictions were just the first month. Is that still happening? Maybe it's a tomorrow when the virus began situation. (laughs) Like uh, Like the book or the movie tomorrow when the war began, where the kids go camping and they come back and there's a war. Yeah. Maybe maybe they went camping for six months <laughs> and they've come back and there's a pandemic. Yeah, possible. Possible. I just, I felt for them a little bit though, because they, they might've been saving up for, for a long time and saying today's the day we're booking the holiday. We're going to do, we're going to do all of Europe. Let's go book it. Only to walk now, in and what, have the dream shattered. What is your thoughts on a flight that is available at the moment? Did you see the flight to nowhere over the weekend? <laughs> yeah, I did see this. There's a, there's a flight being sold, a 10 hour flight, I believe, yeah. nine hours. For, or maybe seven. Some I don't know. It's a significant amount. Yeah. It's from Sydney and then it goes back to Sydney. Yes. So yes. you don't stop anywhere. Yeah. However, you fly over Uluru, the Great Barrier Reef, yeah. um, Byron Bay apparently and down the coast. I think maybe the Great Dividing Range as well. So it's kind of like a scenic tour of Australia. Well, and this is... The, uh, yeah. And the, on, the, a, on a jumbo jet. The idea is that if you're missing flying so much... You can pay this no, money. No, see, I don't think so. That's, That's what they what were marketing the media it reported it as. Is that what Qantas said? I, I think, think so. it's more of a scenic tour. The 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 media definitely, uh, and I can understand why they posted it as a flight to nowhere. But I'm like, well, I mean, it's not as if there's no idea behind it. It's not That's just true. doing laps. It's not like one of those cruises that goes out a couple hours out into the water and then turns around and comes back. And the idea is just like, really? So you can party on a boat for a couple of nights. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's the idea. I don't know if anyone would miss flying. Flying's like the worst part of traveling. Well, but I mean, let's be honest. If you're flying in a jumbo jet, do you ever get that good a view of anything anyway? Well, what they say is they're going to go as low as 4,000 feet. Now, usually these planes are around 30,000 feet. Right. I'm pretty sure skydiving is around when you do it with um, 
you know, you jump, you know, tandem skydiving. I mm. think that's around 6,000. Okay, and right. And so these are pretty low. Sure. And low enough that it would be particularly concerning if it was going over a populated area. <laughs> yeah. Like if I saw a big jet going over 4,000 feet over my house right now, mm. I would be calling someone to well, say that there's an issue. this couple who were trying to book their overseas holiday, if it flies over their place, they're going to freak out. <laughs> Wonder what the hell's going on this year? Would you would you be interested in this? Would, no. Would you be interested in seeing the sites? I can't say that. I did hear that this sold out in like just a couple of hours. This flight to nowhere. I uh, none of it interested me really because for me flying is like I guess there's a bit of fun about going to the airport and because we don't do this every day. Look at us. We've packed our bags. We're going to the airport. It makes you feel a bit special and like you're breaking out of the the day to day monotony of of your routine. But I can't say that flying to me is anything in itself. It is always a way to get somewhere. You know, it's not as though I, I book a holiday to, to go to New Zealand or something thinking, oh, well, I mean, New Zealand's okay, but I can't wait for boarding for the, that boarding call to go out over the speakers and to take my seat and put that seatbelt on. That's It's but really a utilitarian go, thing. You would go on a scenic drive, though. You would, but I think that's a bit different because, firstly, you can stop somewhere pretty and get out. So that's a little bit different. Um, secondly, you're generally just with people you know and love, which is, again, a little bit different. And thirdly, it's probably not going to cost you three to $400 per person. So there's a now, few differences. how about if it stopped at Uluru? If the flight landed near Uluru. You got out, yeah. you're allowed to look for an hour, and then mm. you all got back in. Well, that'd be more tempting. That would be more tempting. Because then it would I, be his that- direct flight to see Uluru and come back. The 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 thing that like uh, captures me the most mm. is that's like a crazy long flight. Yeah, it is. Like the, yes. the thing that you see Uluru, the Great Barrier Reef, and Byron Bay in the one flight, and mm. and you know the Sydney Harbour or whatever. It's um, that's a really big circle. Yeah, a huge circle. It does suggest to me clearly at Qantas, Australia's national airline. They've been sitting around in boardrooms for months now. Oh, yeah, now. they've been pitching ideas. Oh, 100% they have been. I would love to know the ones, because the ones they've come out with are actually pretty extreme. Like, yeah. that's a pretty out-of-the-box idea. Yeah. What were the ones that didn't make oh, it? Oh, completely. What What have they been suggesting or pitching that they haven't been able to clear? Because they uh, How they've about a fly-your-own-plane day <laughs> where people can just come in and have a crack at it? <laughs> like, oh, we'll put it on the board, but... I don't think so. Oh, what if they did this? Here's an idea for them. They should be doing to Because you know how obviously um, ever since some incidents at the start of the century, you can't really go and see the cockpit of the plane anymore. When when I was a kid, I remember they used to, if you're a kid, they'd say, do you want to come and see the cockpit? And you get a little like um, colouring book and whatever else. They don't do that anymore. What if they say for like $40 a person, you can go to where they're storing all these planes and, like, they're running tours of the planes. You can see the cockpit. You can see where we keep, you know, the baggage. You can look in that part of the plane. I feel like that would be more interesting, and that would make some money, wouldn't it? Or even the, um, you know, like, the really fancy first-class ones, the yes. cabins that they have. Yeah. Oh, if well, I maybe could... they could just Airbnb those. Yeah. So, like, you could hire <laughs> oh, it for good. a night, but there you don't actually fly anywhere. So, you just get the experience. You can be like... And, by the way, a lot mm. of the time, you know, you just put the shutters down, yeah. take your Insta photos. Yes. So, no one knows you're not in the air. No. Save them for six months to when everyone's <laughs> flying again and be like, oh, living it up. Yeah. And then when you're flying to, you know, base back in economy to your destination, yeah. just post that. <laughs> It's brilliant. Remember there was that rapper, I think it was a rapper, there was a musician who was um, got like caught out. They were posting oh, pictures, right. like, you know, Googled photos of Jets <laughs> and they're like, 
they're like flying out in my whip today and then like someone (laughs) typed in jet into google and it was like on the first page of images (laughs) well that's the thing and um, producer michael introduced me a few years ago to what are the google it's like back image search you can put an image image reverse image search and so you can put in you can upload an image and it will search for it on the internet and that's really that will catch you out pretty quickly to be honest i do Uh, think i just on this point though quite seriously i think that's an idea forget the flight to nowhere let people stay in first class or just even see it. Let people do a tour of the cockpit, see where the bags go in. I would pay probably 50 bucks to spend a couple of hours in the first class lounge at the moment. Let me in it's there. It's like when the uh, fire engine used to come to school. Precisely like that. That's exactly it. <laughs> that is exactly hey, it. Hey, we got a couple of messages we got to get to. Uh, yep. Benjamin has sent us a message of a uh, milk chocolate Daryl Lee bunny from Easter this year. Yeah. Um, apparently... This is still intact. This was the one Easter chocolate Benjamin got this year. And mm. now, what's that? Six months later, during lockdown, mind you, yeah. it is still standing. What Jeez. are your thoughts on that? Seeing as um, your Easter chocolate rarely lasts till lunchtime on Easter Sunday. Well, I think, yeah, uh, we've spoken about this a bit recently, I think. Certainly, I have, uh, I talked to my brother, my younger brother Hudson, about this a lot because growing up, neither my younger or older brother, Ash or Hudson, they would they their Easter chocolate would last six months. And I come home from school each day. Their doors to their rooms would be open. Mine was gone, as you said, Easter Sunday, or at least by the Tuesday following. That was like the that was last call. Um, but I would I walk straight past their bedrooms, and there's like you know in August, a fully intact Dairy Milk Bunny just sitting there and calling. Did you me. ever eat it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course yeah, I did. You ate this. Of course I did. Well, so what would happen? So it's sitting there. You mm. would go in, take it, eat it. Then what happens after that? Well, no, no, no. Okay, it wasn't like, oh, I've just seen this. I will now eat it. I would think, okay, well, if that's still there in a week, I'll give them a week. Sometimes I'd say to Fair them, you got, you've got a week, right? But there's got to be a statute of limitations that's, on these things. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and so I. And what was their response to that? It seems like a threat. <laughs> I think they had just, you know. I think humans are pretty good at adapting and they had adapted hmm. to living with me. They knew what yep. the rules were. They knew what they were in for. They, you can't get mad at, at creation for being creation. You can't get mad at the life form for being the life form mm. it is, you know? And similarly... Dom's just domming. Well, that's it. Dom's got a dom. <laughs> that's it. And so, yeah, I, I would often do that. Part of my theory being that they wouldn't notice, right? Because I'm like, well, you've left it there for six yeah. months. Clearly, it doesn't mean a hell of a lot to you if it's been there for six months now. And only once or twice did they notice, you know? And I do remember one particular time I'd taken my older brother's Easter bunny. This would have, this was like November. This is the Christmas tree was almost up. And he walked into my room 10 minutes later for a different matter, only to see my face <laughs> with chocolate around it, finishing off the, the last crumbs of this Easter bunny. Oh, he was warned. Yeah. So, Benjamin, basically the takeaway is... Mm. Uh, don't let Dom respond to any housemate ads <laughs> that you're going to have in the future if you want your Easter chocolate to be intact. Mm. Uh, we have got... I've literally just opened it, mm. and it's terrifying. Mm. We've received a message from a murder of Dom's, an Instagram account that has occurred in the last week or so. The first message we got was uh, a, a Photoshop of me digging in a graveyard, Yeah, apparently. And we, and we said, what's going on here? And we asked the murder of Dom's to get in touch with... What's going on? Uh, the first thing I see when I click on uh, the message yeah. is, <laughs> uh, is a picture of a yeah. hospital. It looks like there's an emergency. There's a lot of hospital staff, you know, all in gowns and scrubs around mm. a bed. 
Uh, now you're on the bed, Dom. Yep. And I'm pushing the trolley. Okay, so you've gone from digging my grave to now trying to save my life. Is that the turn we're in now? It looks I like you're my head know. surgeon. And look, I have a lot of respect okay, well, for you, but I don't want you being my head surgeon well, at any stage. Here's, here's the here's the message. I see I have your attention now. <laughs> Good. <laughs> now, what does Zach have to say about the evidence that he, disguised as a doctor, operated on Dom prior to the first photo being taken? <laughs> So we have two photos. One photo yeah. is me apparently, <laughs> allegedly posing as a doctor and operating on you. Yeah. And the second photo was a photo of me quite proudly digging in a graveyard. Mm. It's, now, yeah, it does sound a lot. Those like photos you've been have been framed. taken out of context. I don't think they're related. <laughs> Personally, that's how I'm going to launch out and say straight away. Sure. It is concerning. My first question is the murder of Dom's. How did you get both those photos? Mm. Um, been following us. I didn't see anyone there. I mean, the, the the graveyard one does look like it's taken from a long lens from a while away, but I'm pretty sure I would have known someone in the theatre. Well, I, I'm uh, I'm more concerned, Zach, about the fact that uh, you seem to not only be a head surgeon, but also a grave digger. So you have taken two jobs at the same time. I don't know, like, after your malpractice, your medical malpractice in operating on me, I don't know why my loved ones let you also dig the grave and stand above it with a smile. I'm not sure what happened there. But basically, it does sound to me like a murder of Dom's is trying to get you sent to prison. That's what's going on here for a crime that, that well, I don't know, did you commit it? Maybe you've everyone's well, heard about these sta- things lately, like, haven't the they? Pod- Wait, as I stated in the last podcast, and I'll say it again, mm. Dom is clearly alive. Well, no, but so Zach, I don't know what has Zach, been. I don't know why this is trying to set me Zach, up as. But you're hearing his voice. I'm looking at a video feed of Dom. Zach, my he point is, okay. is this. Hang on, I was just going to say. You know those deep fakes. People are getting audio. You know, he sound like a certain celebrity said this. Maybe you've deep faked my audio here. Maybe I'm currently six feet under from this your medical all malpractice. I've edited the last three years of the radio show. <laughs> to create the you perfect need to alibi. Say a sentence, you need to say a sentence you would have never said in the last three years. <laughs> Looking forward Something to a about good salad your love tonight. of salads. Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> Clearly, that's Can I Dom. Just say, I love that when we both that was basically thought, in sync. When we both thought something I would never say, we both went to a love of salads. That's great. But it does sound to me like a murder yeah. of Dom's is working on my behalf to try to frame you. Um, so thank you for fighting for justice, a murder, murder of Dom's. What? Thank Why you. For justice? <laughs> if you're, you're, you're thanking people for following up your fictitious murder. Uh, yeah, well, I just like to think if it did happen to me, someone cares. That's what I'm liking to see. I'm also liking the fact, I'm liking the fact, to be honest, Zach, that um, you know, that I have someone on my side as a vigilante, kind of working with me, and I'm happy would... if there's a plot to get you framed for a crime and sent to prison. I mean, it's not my first thought of of where this podcast could go, but I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to take part. I'll go off the grid. What it turns to a true crime podcast. Yeah. Have we if we heard of that, where um. It, it dovetails into a true crime podcast as it goes along because, yes. you know, they've witnessed a crime. Ho- hosted by the victim. <laughs> or and the perpetrator, maybe. <laughs> well, look, that that's... be interesting. Um, I would also like to point out, surely, I'd like that the jury would... I think it'd be pretty easy to convince the jury that mm. these photos have clearly been doctored because mm. they are very clearly... Uh, photos taken where our heads have been roughly chopped out <laughs> and inserted over what I'm pretty confident are stock photos. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and wow. I'm, I'm hoping I can convince the jury of that. 
Yeah. Well, look, all I'm saying, Zach, all I'm saying is that I'm not sure. I'm just going to watch my step around you. If I see you with a, you know, a hospital bed anytime soon, if I am, here's the thing. My, I went to see my um, gastroenterologist recently for the ongoing mystery that is my gut. You want to talk about a true crime podcast? Do one on the mystery of my gut. That'd be a good one. Um, but he's keen for me to go in for a, a uh, colonoscopy, right? Which I've not had before. That's the, um, that's the one that doesn't go down the throat, but the other direction. Anyway, mm. if I wheel in for that next year... And I see your face putting gloves on, and you're there. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be messaging a murder of Dom's instantly, saying it's happening. His plan's coming to fruition. If I'm lining up to do your colonoscopy, <laughs> I'm equally as concerned. Because <laughs> that is not something I'm putting my hand up, pardon the pun, to do. Uh, leave it there I think guys Uh, thanks for listening we'll uh, talk to you in a couple of days stay safe bye